Welcome to the MFR Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how you can create your own MFR business, how to have one, and what to do to get started. Each week, we will discuss practical ways to create a business that keeps you from under-earning and burning out. I'm your host, Heather Hommel. Over 10 years ago, I decided to change my massage practice to MFR only. I became fully booked and have enjoyed years of success helping people to get out of pain and return to active lifestyles. I'm here to help you do it too, even if you live in a tiny town and even if you've never had a business before. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. I am your host, Heather Hommel, the MFR Coach, and I have a very special guest today, Rob Crampton, the owner of James River Myofascial Release. He has been running his myofascial release business for over eight years, since 2013, and he's also a private coaching client of mine. So even those seasoned therapists sometimes have coaches. And we are going to talk about his journey through coaching with the MFR coach and also get really into his story with his business. He is fresh off a tea for tea. So he said he's totally open. So let's see (laughs) what we find out. Hey, Rob, and welcome to the podcast. Howdy, howdy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And how are you? I'm also doing good. I'm excited to talk to you. We haven't worked together for a few weeks, so I am excited for a check-in to see where you're at, where business is at, where you're at, and how things are going. Um, business is doing splendiferic. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it's uh, splendorful or uh, splendid. Awesome. <laughs> this nutshell version. Um, yeah, no, um, actually, I ended just before my T for T, like sort of how you were saying, just sort of imagining um, your practice being packed before you leave as well as once you get back you just take off running and i'm back practicing this week and full schedule and everything it's awesome super awesome so fun and not just this week like i told you i was going to be going to a seminar series Mm -hmm. in july Mm -hmm. pretty much up until that point it's uh nice and packed perfect so you're booked out about four or five weeks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. perfect i love that and so let's backtrack a little bit to what created that. We've been working on getting you fully booked, which you've been fully booked back in the past on your own and then, you know, had a leg in your schedule. Mm-hmm. Was that the reason you contacted me or can you remember back why you wanted help in the first place or why you were seeking out coaching? The lag was part of it. That was right around January this past uh, year with that the COVID, I think fear at its height. And granted, I don't know if that was a reasoning behind it or not. But yeah, I had a lag in my schedule, which created a big scare in my whole financial situation. But I had also been seeing occasional emails from you. I had gotten your book about maybe a month or two. I can't remember exactly if that was in January or in December, but that was the initial prompt. And so I just kept those emails sort of in my radar. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, I knew I was going to act on it. And it just was like, all right, universe just sort of push things forward. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's fun to hear. When I originally started sending out emails, I was like, nobody wants these emails. (laughs) I'm just being (laughs) annoying. So luckily I kept sending them out, right? (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, no, just that consistency. It just kept you in my uh, line of sight for the on and off. And then when that moment happened of just like, I need to do something more for myself. I've been doing this by myself for so long. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I learned a lot doing a lot of things, but there's still things from what we have worked on, I needed help on. Yeah, it's always fun to have. Well, I don't know if it feels fun, but it's fun for me to have outside eyes on your business. And have someone else that's like not emotionally attached to it and isn't going to jump in the pool with you to agree with how wrong you think things are going (laughs) and point out where they're going right and what you can do to improve on that stuff. Yeah. That's like when uh, my yoga classes and there's my instructor who would occasionally say, um, you know, move your pinky toe or do this and just these little adjustments and they sort of set you right in alignment and all that too. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So we started working together in what? January, February? February. February. And one of your goals was to get back to fully booked, but to also, I think, have more control over your schedule because weren't you working a ton of hours? I think I did a report on celebrating client wins. And I think a part of that we had like discovered that you had your biggest month before that you had seen almost a hundred patients to create that month. Yeah, that was my August month or August of last year post as a post COVID opening up. Yeah. Um, Which was awesome, right? To have that many people, but also not something you could physically sustain. Probably it may be in the long term things. Like I wasn't running myself dry. I mean, I could be down the road. Um, mm-hmm. and I know there's other folks that definitely can work themselves hard or, or hard, but uh, it, that wasn't my main drive schedule wise, like six felt comfortable, but five feels really good now where I'm at. You know? Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. It's good to yeah. figure out like, what is fully booked? Like, why is this the number? How does this feel good in my body? Am I serving the amount of patients that I want to serve? And can I still do the things that I want to do in my life outside of my practice? Those are yeah. questions. Yeah. And I also had a, a lower rate at the time as well. Yeah. Uh, I always like to say in some ways that was just me where I wasn't trying. And so this, it's like, it makes such a big difference when you add just a little extra bit of like, you know what, let's try a little and just see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of us working together was like all the things that you're able to do completely on purpose. Yeah, with, exactly. And it was like trying at all, like just put some of your effort towards this and just see what happens not because it was super hard or foreign to you because some of the ideas were just stuff you hadn't thought of yet. Right. And you're just mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, I can try that. <laughs> Turns <laughs> out I'm amazing at this. Yeah. Yeah. That was how funny and how simple of just these, the awarenesses that you helped me become aware of that. I just was like, Oh, if I just do this, just this little thing. And all of a sudden it just made such a major difference, whether it was a more packed schedule or controlling my schedule, which was uh, that was a big awareness there of just realizing. And it was just sort of funny because it was something that was so simple. Yeah. Well, you don't know what you don't know sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about, do you want to do you mind talking about like your money story? Sure. Sure. Okay. Money, sure. money, money. Yeah. Money, money, money. It's good to, good to know what your story is. Tell me a little bit about what you were thinking about money and your rate when we started and kind of some of the feelings around around that my rate was i felt at the time was pretty like okay for my overhead but um 
Well, and I had just made a, a slight raise, like about a $5 raise. So I went from, I was originally 85 for 45 minute appointment. That was yeah. back in August. Yeah. Uh, then January, I flipped it to 90 because I just felt like, you know what? It's a good time to just go ahead and set that. And my partner was a little bit of afraid of that. Well, and it, around that time, isn't that when you started to see kind of a break in your schedule too? So you were like, I think this is because I raised my prices. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of a fear in that. Did I do the right thing? Did I make the right decision? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I definitely questioned that. Yeah. So what did we learn together when we started working? Like, what did you learn about yourself and money? One, and actually this was a big thing I also appreciated from you was about like just getting the facts together. Like yeah. look at your finances, like look at the things that you're spending your, where you spend your money. Cause to an extent, I probably didn't do that really thoroughly. Mm-hmm. And I did notice that there's subtle resistances here and there because part of me is like, oh, this is too much work. Yeah. Um, and then another part of me, I think was a little bit fearful because it's like, I don't want to know what I'm spending my money on. Yeah. I just, I want to spend my money in some way, right. but then I, I realized want to be responsible for my result. I just want to spend money. If I can yeah. Good or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it was actually very liberating to do that work, to dig into there a little bit. And it actually it gave me something in a sense of like to know what I need and what I'm at least minimally I need yeah. if I want to get by and then what I could easily get if I wanted to thrive. Yeah. And like also... I think we spent some time with you figuring out like, what do I want to make? Like, what are some of the goals I have? One of your goals, I think in the beginning was to be able to go to T for T, to be able to go to the seminar in July and not be having to like charge all these things, being able to pay for them or know that you'd be able to pay for it pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, and and then another thing too, was because of that little bit of a scare and wake up call that I had was just, you know, like, well, even if I were to have something for whatever the reason down the road happen again like that, but I wouldn't be in this freak out mode because I'm making a whole lot more, um, yeah. charging at least a better rate that even if I have little laxes in my schedule, like I'm, I might have someone who has to cancel. And so I might have be down three or four appointments that week. It's not going to be a big thing for me. I can be like, all right, I can just chill with this. And then the next week I'm, I have uh, back to a full schedule again. So yeah, those yeah, cancellations don't feel as worrisome. Yeah. Or like personal. Cause you're yeah. not, you're not so graspy to have like everybody better show up this week so I can buy groceries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can pay my mortgage. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I think unfortunately a lot of therapists are in that situation where they don't really know their facts about what they need to make or what they want to make and what is the bare minimum you need to be making so that you are covering yourself and you aren't going into the hole every month because we get just kind of like in a cycle of this is just how it is. So I'm just like treading water, just trying to survive. And that's fine. But long term, I think that's how people burn out eventually and actually pretty quickly doing it yeah. that way. So it is good to figure that stuff out. And once you did, we figured it out. You figured out how many hours you wanted to work, the days of the week. And you have a really unique schedule. I mean, it's probably not a unique to everyone, but I think, so you run 45 minute sessions mm-hmm. and then you have 15 minutes in between. Mm-hmm. So you are literally getting paid for every moment that you're in your office, which I think is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, great. Yeah, it's fun. And your clients, like if they want more time, then they just book two sessions, right? 
Exactly. Well, now I have it set up so they can schedule a 90 minute versus a two 45s. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And then I just have a half an hour break because I always want to start on the hour. Yeah. So, and you get paid for the whole hour, no matter what, whether it's because it's 45 minute chunks. So even if it's a 90 minute, you're not losing any money. Correct. Yeah. I love it. So good. So good. So fun. How did you come up with that? It was more of the 45 minute. And just because I've been with a few other therapists that have just done 45 minutes, I'm like, you know, they do it. Why not me? And and in conjunction too with the massage book software where they have an option that you can have your schedule set where you always have your appointments start on the hour of. Mm -hmm. So there was just something about that for me that felt having the 45 minutes, then the 15 minute break, because I always have a 15 minute break anyways. Yeah, And so I know that I'm always starting on the hour of, and there's no like, oh, is it going to be a, say a 115 or 130 or yeah. it, it's just right there. It keeps you from getting confused in the middle of treatment. Like if I had a dollar for every time. I was like, what time did this appointment start? <laughs> 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 is it the sixth year night? What day is it? Yeah. That's awesome. You always know you're done at 1045, 1145, 1245. Like you're, you always know. Exactly. Or I start at Set hour, set hour versus like, was that a 9.15 or a 9.30? Yeah. Do I need to go into work sooner than later? Or Yeah. It just makes like your brain doesn't have to come up with any of those answers. Like you just know, you don't have to spend any time figuring it out. So yeah. To worry about, which I love keeping yeah. it simple. Keeping it simple so you don't have to waste time. Perfect. Exactly. And I don't know if I was going to be going backwards, but it was related to just like, the forecasting with the numbers mm-hmm. that actually also helped me like just as a very nonchalantly, like, you know what, I'm going to raise my rates. Cause yeah. that wasn't even a plan when we were working together. Like I thought, okay, I just need to get better at getting people in so I can make $90. And then I was just like, you know what, I'm going to raise my rate. <laughs> yeah. What did you end up raising your rate to? I'm at 115 now for okay. a 45 minute appointment. Yeah. That's awesome. You've had some pretty high income earning months. Do you want to share some of your big months? (laughs) Yeah, I don't have the numbers with me. You might have my numbers. I know August, though, I had about eight something thousand. Mm -hmm. That was my best month prior to starting with you. And that was that was 97 clients, I think. Yeah. And essentially, I would say that was where I was just floating along in a sense. Yeah. And then when I started working with you, I was also in a little bit of a sale going on at the time to help sort of somewhat steady the ship of the worry yeah. that I had back in February. What but were then, you down to in January, February? Do you remember? Client-wise? Yeah. Or like income-wise? Income-wise. I think I was probably right at 3000 something. Okay. Uh, yeah. I found your numbers. So April, you your month was $11,650. Yep. That's when I starting to work with you. Yeah. And I had my sale had ended and it was Mm -hmm. all straight like the 115 uh, rate. Yeah. What do you think changed really for you? Some of it was just the awareness with then giving myself permission to be like, I can control my schedule. That was one of the big things, which was realizing, oh, I don't just have to let my client be like, so how? When they ask the question, like, what's the follow-up like? And I'd be like, And I'm totally guilty of this. It's like, well, let's just see how it goes for the next few sessions. I at least like to start with maybe three and see how things go. Mm -hmm. 
Like I didn't realize, you know what, maybe I could say six or maybe I could say 10 or 12. And because I think there was maybe an initial fear of like, well, maybe they might think that's too much and they don't want to invest in that then. Uh, But that's me throwing that on them. Right. I think that that is totally a really common fear with us as therapists is like, we're somehow talking someone into something they don't want to do or that we should leave it up to them so that we aren't salesy. Yeah. And that was something that I think you gave that awareness to give me permission to myself, be like, take more of a leadership role in this. Yeah. Um, You can dictate some. And if they say no, that's all right. And it's nothing personal or whatever. Oh, and the emphasis too, because I'm wanting to help them. And that's one of the best ways to serve them because I have to come back to looking at, say, my past clients that have really done their homework Mm -hmm. and have also, say, they've seen me about two times a week for some that I can recollect for 12 weeks out. Um, And they were very religious on both things, like coming to see me and doing their self-treatment. And I saw the awesome results that they were getting. And so I have, it helped like connecting back to some of those clients, just of who I had treated helped me to realize, you know, I can communicate this. I'm not just speaking out of my butt. So. (laughs) Right. And like, and it's not just because those clients were easy clients. Yeah. Like, so I think we had this conversation a few times that some clients is just like, they just get it. And so they're an easy sale. They're easy to recommend treatment to. Yeah. And then you have people where for whatever reason, it feels like the answer is no. So we just don't even offer it. Yeah. Which isn't even true, right? Because I think that's when you started to really put yourself out there and started to treat every patient as if they were already there, bought into what you had, regardless of if they really were. And because you had that thought, you were able to talk to them and give them recommendations as if they were already bought in. Without the fear of like, am I being salesy? I don't know if that's true for you or not. Yeah. And then also the um, sort of defining it a little bit more. I think when you talk about, you had on either on your last podcast or the previous one, but your ideal client. Yeah. Um, and just sort of nailing in a little bit of some things like part of my ideal client. And this isn't necessarily on my website, but just more of an internal behind the scenes thing. It's like, I want a client that is willing to pay the value that I'm can give them along with the fact that they're going to do their homework. Um, So I don't want the lazy bums sound a little harsh, but that's to an extent. Well, you mean the people that are coming in for for you to do treatment to them and they don't. Yeah. Just like fix me. Yeah. And and just lay there on the table. and like, no, this is a two person job. Yeah. Partnership. Mm -hmm. Like this is not just me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, as much as they want it to be, which is, you know, people are like raised up in this massage therapy society where it's like, I'm coming to you. Now you make me feel better. Yeah. Right. I'll come once a month. And even if I get folks like that or something like that, but now I feel because I see so many uh, with clients that have this intention, in a way, I've almost sort of, as you say, I just treat everyone in that same place now, like whether their personal intention Maybe like, oh, Rob's going to fix me, but I'm seeing them as like, well, we're going to get this done. And this is what I can see that'll help you. And this is what I can offer. And it's in your court now. Yeah. You're setting the expectation. You're leading the session from start to finish. So that's also the difference, right? Like you've created a leadership role for yourself where you are the expert in your therapy clinic, in your office. You're the expert between them 
as the therapist, right? You've had all of the hours and hours and hours of MFR training. So that's why you would be the one recommending treatment two or three times a week for 12 weeks or whatever it is that you recommend, because you know, you can create a transformation for your patients in that amount of time if they're willing to commit to it too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been something that I've had to sort of help myself recognize as well as let go of the outcome of and pay even more attention to those clients that I've like rocked out with. Like they've done their stuff and they've had great results and given myself permission to recognize that. Uh, Because I think sometimes we get stuck in the negative ones, the one that just like doesn't come back and you throw everything on top of that one time. That one that had a healing crisis that you forgot to educate ahead of time that called the next day and canceled everything and or whatever. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. And then we make it mean everybody hates what we have to offer. (laughs) No one's ever coming back. Yeah. And that's something that I definitely appreciate too, with that we've worked together. Like this wasn't necessarily something, whether it does, I mean, it plays to it in the overall, Mm -hmm. but was that um, reaching out to clients if they were to cancel um, and maybe they had a few sessions already set ahead of time because the past Rob would just be, all right, they canceled. And they said, maybe they were afraid or this is too much. It like opened up the flood doors of some of the healing crisis that can come up. Yeah. And they were just like, you know, this might not be for me right now. And the old Rob would be, okay, well, I guess it's all right. Then uh, yeah, I'll just, just agree give... with them. You don't want to pry. You don't, it's not your business. Yeah. I don't want to pry, which was one of my internal belief systems. Like yeah. I'll just trust that they know themselves. And then, and where we talked about that and went into that a little bit and I sort of realized, okay, I can ask. I'm not, don't have to go in with the intention, like, oh, I'm going to get you back on my schedule. Yeah, but, exactly. But just to give the the awareness, because part of me does care about them, and I at least want them to know that and also see where they're at. And for whatever the reason, even if they don't come back, or at least at the moment, they don't come back, they know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that down the road might bring them back um, when they realize maybe, okay, I want to dive into this now. Yeah. But it's more of that intention of just, I want to show that I do care for them. And it's not just, I'm a therapist here to... Uh, help release their fascia. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love, I love it. Yeah. And I think it all goes back to like remembering why we're doing this therapy. Like we're doing this so that the person coming to us can have a healing, can feel better, can get out of chronic and unexplained pain and live lives that they never expected that they could get back for themselves after whatever trauma or injury or crisis that they have endured. Mm-hmm. So we are working with people, you know, at their wits end, at the end of their rope that are coming to see us. And that's a lot of pressure, I think, on the therapist day in and day out. Most of us are single therapy practitioners. So we are alone with what we're experiencing outside of like when we go to classes and we're all all as one <laughs> experiencing the same thing, right? And supporting each other. So I think figuring out that you are coming from the place where you just are having the best interest of your clients always at heart. And so when you reach out to them with that intention, you're never doing it to bother them or to convince them to keep doing therapy. You're doing it genuinely because you want you want to understand what they're going through and also so that they can understand that you understand yeah, and you empathize with their journey. And you've yeah. experienced parts of their journey. You know, we are all on different journeys, but 
you know, you've had tea for tea, you've had skill enhancement, you've been to a lot of seminars in eight years. Yeah. And I've had a healing crisis or two or three and then <laughs> granted they're individual to everyone, but it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that you, you still can't empathize on that level too. It's like, yeah. It's just not been... something we have to be afraid of. I yeah. think, I think some of the thought process is, especially with new therapists is I'm just not going to talk about the healing crisis. So then like it won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a big mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because then it is a real crisis, and people people are pissed when they have one if they didn't know, even when they know ahead of time. Sometimes, you know, we don't know how they're going to react. It's not necessarily our responsibility how they react, right? That's on them. But the more education we can give them, and the more they know about what to expect, is just better. Then, then yeah. when it does come along, they're like, "Oh, this is what this is." No, I'm not injured, and I'm not. I didn't just get ruined. Yeah, that's a slight parallel because for your listeners too, like I, on the side, I whitewater raft guide, but we always have to give a trip leader talk to our customers. And basically the talk to anyone that's new sounds as like, we're telling them like all the worst things that can happen on the river trip. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily that we're trying to predict that. It's just, as you're saying here, it's like, we want to give you a heads up. These are things that could possibly happen, but this is how you can help yourself to avoid that. And yeah. majority of the time it never happens. Right. Like when you're actually out there. Yeah, um, I mean, I'd rather be informed about what to do if I fall in. Exactly. Yeah. Rather or than if fall I'm having and then everybody's yelling at me, start swimming. I didn't know I had to swim. I thought, you know. Yeah. Or my body's starting to beat me up. Well, not beat me up, but I'm having a bad reaction from maybe uh my last treatment. And mm-hmm. it's just like Oh, yeah, that's right. Rob told me about this could possibly happen. You know what? I'm going to reach out to him just to make sure. And I mean, that's the ideal if something like that came up. Exactly. Either reaching out or coping with it alone and then letting you know at their next session that that happened, but that they got through it. Yeah. Yeah, It's a huge milestone. I think when they have the healing crisis and they, I mean, everybody survives it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, they walk out in. of the room. Yeah, everybody, if they walked into the room, they'll walk out of the walk, room, as John yeah. always says. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think when we remember back to like some of those simple quotes that he says to us, it is so calming and it is always true. Yes. Yeah. So, like, it's not complicated. Our brains want to make everything complicated and we want to bring a lot of drama with us about whatever. And then it's like, you just simplify the process. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They in, they're going to walk out no matter what you did. You know, as long as you followed the principles and you aren't like performing surgery in there, they're going to walk out. Exactly. Yeah. So you just got back from a T for T. I did. How was did. it? It was splendorific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what it was... did, what'd you learn while you were there? You know, actually, and this is translated back there's a, something to be said definitely is just only being the patient and just receiving, but I think it was just that touch. And I've been translating that touch to my clients, just even within the two days that I have been on the clock, have been getting some great feedback from them. So I can't go wrong. I mean, I could also say, well, the, all the other benefits that come when you're a lot more opened up fascia wise and your perception and everything too, mm-hmm. but there's definitely at least that's one of the things I'm walking away with and I'm already feeling and translating and then noticing that and hearing that mm-hmm. is the touch from an experienced therapist and having it so frequent and consistent 
And it's just great to have that to walk away with and to translate again with the clients that I get to treat. Yeah. So you spent that money on yourself. That was also a business investment, right? Because you are the tool in your mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. You think about doing that, like investing, spending the money. And then you think about like how you've set yourself up now. Do you think that you will do more of that type of investing as far as like coaching or T for T or skill enhancement more frequently now that you know what you can create to pay for that ahead of time and also like what it creates as far as momentum in your business? Exactly. Yes. Yes, I do. I've never been one to shy away from self-care, like whether it's a T for T. I mean, doing something like that wing to acknowledge by actually MFR has helped me acknowledge that value even more of taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So this being now more financially available to, yeah, like I could see potentially if I really want to, and maybe I will, but at least maybe doing a T for T once a year. I definitely feel like I'm going to be doing it about once every other year. But part of me is also like, I can do this about once a year if I really want to. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can create extra money in your business. I mean, you know how to kind of turn on the faucet out. (laughs) Yes. More money if you need to or turn it back if you needed to. Right. We talked about as far as control of your schedule, like really planning out, you know, six months to a year at a time, what seminars you plan to attend when you plan to be gone as best as possible. So then you can fill in in between. And it kind of creates a situation for you to get booked up even faster, knowing that you're going going to be gone because people want to get in and they don't want to lose their momentum. Mm-hmm. And when you can let them know well in advance, like, hey, I'm going to be gone during this time, you can fill your schedule before and after, like how you came back to a full schedule for weeks and weeks and weeks till you leave again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is pretty incredible. Yeah. And you you weren't kidding as far as like when that scarcity on my client side happens, mm-hmm. meaning when I'm not available because I'm say I'm doing this or I'm doing that and just how that, that it's almost like it funnels everyone to schedule. It's yeah. just funny. Like, I mean, it, it creates, was, that was definitely funny. It creates funny. demand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And not because you're being creepy. It's just like, no, I just like, I know my schedule. I know I'm going to be gone here and here when I was running my business, whenever I was gone at seminars, which was a lot because I loved taking seminars. It'd be crazy busy. It would create so much momentum. And I think some of that is just like the energy of the excitement we have that we're going to go take care of ourselves and we're going to learn something or we're getting just full on treatment, whatever it is, carries over to our practice, even to new patients. I would get more new patients calling me than ever before while I would be gone at a seminar. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) Full fun. What would you say to someone that's listening to this that is wanting to invest in coaching, but they don't want to spend the money or they can't figure out how to pay for coaching? What would you say to them? Well, what's stopping you? Is it really finances? I mean, for me, it wasn't finances. Well, it was, but I I had a credit card. So that's what I could speak from is I had a, I had a little bit of a leeway with my uh, credit card balance. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like, all right, I need to make an investment somewhere. Um, I can't keep doing this myself. And you were in my radar and I figured that was the next step. Yeah. So you had your own resourcefulness to figure out how to pay for it. And then yeah. would you say it was worth the investment? Oh yeah, that's definitely like, and again, that's another thing that MFR has helped me realize too, is like putting my my money where my mouth is. I don't know if that's the right phrasing. <laughs> I don't know. 
or or my money where my fear is but ooh that's interesting yeah yeah but just that i knew, realized you know if you want to achieve a better outcome or a more desired place you have to invest in it in whatever way that that involves whether it's from a financial place or from a psychological place or however that is then yeah. or all of the above that comes with that you need to take some type of initiative on that right I think too, like if we're looking at your business, eight plus years, like nothing was really going wrong. Like you would have recovered eventually from the slump you were in. Maybe you would have recovered. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like you would only ever had one other like really huge month prior to that. Are your months being pretty consistent now at the same April level? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Yeah, I think my May um, was somewhere right around that same scale. It was either about right around the 1100 mark too. Might have been a little bit less because I already had some folks set up with some appointments and stuff. You mean 11,000? Yeah, uh, 11,000. Yeah. But I was just like, that's freaking, I mean, considering where I was at like about 3,000 for a monthly uh, income on that January and then 8,000 where I wasn't back in August, working six appointments a day for five times a week um, at a lower rate. I'm just like, heck yeah. 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 It's incredible. So now when you think of yourself and you're like, yeah, like I'm an 11K per month therapist on average, how does that feel? It feels really, really good. (laughs) (laughs) I have no qualms. smiling big. (laughs) I I have no qualms. I'm definitely a very happy therapist. Yeah. Um, It makes things in various uh, realms. Obviously, I mean, like, there's something to be said to just having that financial back end to help support you. Yeah. You were like buying a house in the middle of this and... A few other things that were going on in life that just added to this nice little uh, swirl of excitement. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was good because I think it, they were necessary pieces that I think helped to sort of kick my own butt into one, seeking out your assistance and just reframing my whole perspective on my business um, that it's not just a floating along like a float trip on the river that I need to have that occasional I need to be able to steer the ship from time to time and I need to take take that uh, seriously at times too right and not only do you know that you can do that now like you are doing it and you'll continue to do it you'll continue to create these huge months you don't always have to have an 11K month, right? Like you could get by again if you had a dip, but I can't even, like the momentum you've created, it would be really strange for it to go back down to the 3K level, right? Exactly. Yeah. The 3K level is some other MFR therapist's dream amount, <laughs> you know? And maybe if I was back in my college days and making the, or ha- the cost of living that I had at the time, yeah, that would be, I would be rolling. Um, yeah. That. But yeah, I think part of this too, is that like choice of like, what, what do you need to make? And what do you, what do you want to make? And then what is possible? And how do you make it happen? Like we've said, and like, we just created this ability to on demand, fill your schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so do you pay for a bunch of advertising? Do you have a fancy sales funnel? Are you on the radio? Do you get no, all, all no, the no advertising. from doctors? No, the, the only advertising that I pay for is, I think, the MFR Therapist website. Yeah, uh, so you're on the directory for 300 and what is it, a dollar a day, something like that? 
something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only major advertising. I did do something with like a natural awakenings. I don't know if you guys have like a similar type. I've seen it in a few other states and stuff too, I think. Uh, but anywho, it's like just a, a sort of alternative therapies periodical. Okay. And yeah, and it's basically supported by people that throw their money into for advertising, like to get. That uh, periodical is likely making you all your money. Yeah. But well, I'm just teasing. Yeah, but it, it was that it was actually I didn't really get a lot of traffic from that thing. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. I think being on the directory is one of the best places you can be because if you're on it, I'm going to refer to you. Yeah, and I'm the MFR coach, so come on, let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it like just legitimizes the fact that you're willing to pay to be on that. It's not that much money. Yeah, and. For some people, that's a huge investment. And I'm just saying, like, if for your business, if that's a huge investment, then like, call me, let's work together. So that doesn't become such a huge investment. Like, let's figure out how to get your business to grow some legs so that those kinds of expenses are expenses you don't think about. Like, you're no longer thinking about credit card fees. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, from from your processing, you're not thinking about, oh, I paid $49.99 for massage book or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the funny thing too. Like when you talk about numbers and all that, and you just broke it down there with the uh, cost for the MFR therapist. Like if you just think of that number right there as the main number, then yeah, that might seem intimidating, but then you break it down to like, Oh, how much is that per month or per day? And in comparison to a lot of other advertising, like getting the facts there, as you say, that you're like, Oh, actually that's a pretty dang good deal. Yeah. Well, and if you figure like investing in coaching or investing in a T for T, like Mm -hmm. the return on investment is huge because so you pay for coaching once or twice and then like what you learn, the skills, you can't unlearn them and you're just going to keep applying what you learn and tweaking and applying and tweaking to continue to create those $11,000 months and like Mm -hmm. $11,000 even per month for this one year is huge. Mm-hmm. Now imagine doing that for the next five, 10 years. And yeah. Be even more if you raise your prices, right? Yeah. 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 And then I, I don't think this was mentioned too, but like say there was all my $90 clients. I still see a few of them and actually some have just went ahead and kept paying the, uh, the new rate. Yeah. And I did, I, <laughs> and I did say? offer. Yeah. Well, yeah, they just, I don't know if they check their emails or not. I mean, that's sort of on them if they are paying attention, but, but then I have other clients uh, because I had offered a, just sort of a a transition, which was like, I think you had mentioned when you were working with one of your clients, um, Mm -hmm. that's what they did. I was like, Oh, that's a pretty dang good idea. And that also was a funny thing. It made my partner feel a lot more easier with me raising my rate. Yeah. If I still was able to also offer this older rate to my already served clients. Yeah. Your founding members. Yes. Yeah. Right. So like the whole raising your price was a pretty easy transition because it was just for new people. I probably would have done it anyways, but it it made things feel a lot easier. Definitely. Yeah. 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 There was a way to do it in a feel good way that, I mean, a win-win for everyone. Yeah. Whether you raise your prices $5 or you raise them $50, it's the same exact same amount of anxiety and worry for the exact same amount of time. So it's like, why wouldn't you just raise it to what you want it to be? 
Yeah. Five dollar price increases are killing me, man. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, come on, be bold, my people. Everybody is so stressed out about it, and it's like literally is the same amount of stress, no matter what the number is, because yeah. it's math and drama, and we all love to just swim in the drama of it all. So yeah, versus yeah. just look at the math. Well, yeah, yeah. And I mean, when you did it, you just kind of like, I think you did it and then just like told me about it later. Like, yeah, I totally, like we talked about how it would go and then you like raised your prices. You're like, yeah, my prices are raised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think you were going to suggest something maybe like 105 and I was like, or, and I said, oh, I went to 115. You're like, oh, that's a good number. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was like, because <laughs> right? it really is never like, just look at your founding members that log in and they see the price and it's like that was like what a $30 increase for them or $35 something like that yeah and they just like what never said a thing right it's not it's never the price like it's usually some other objection someone would have if they're not coming back to you even if they say it's the price it's it's usually because they don't maybe understand MFR as a therapy and what is possible with it they don't believe they can get results or they don't believe that you can provide those results for them. So then it's like on us, on you to figure out how to answer those objections just by being curious about what is actually going on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, a definite big takeaway with working with you is just being okay to ask. Yeah. Because um, there is a part of me, I, I, I could throw the label on it of this or that, like you, or, or the belief system, like either I don't want to intrude or I'm an introvert, or however that is, but ultimately, yeah, Yeah. just all the stories. And there's still occasionally moments where I maybe I'm a little shaky, but I totally will own that and welcome that because I know that in the long run, it makes for a better overall just experience with everything for me as a, my own boss with my clients. Yeah. It totally is uh, something that I've been thankful, appreciative of our coaching together. So would you say you went from just over broke to now a CEO of a thriving company? Yeah. <laughs> CEO. <laughs> you didn't try that one on yet. He doesn't have the t-shirt. <laughs> oh, is there a t-shirt like that? I, well, that's we just... could get, you can get a t-shirt for anything nowadays. That's true. Yeah. 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 So. I don't know if anyone in the audience or if everyone in the audience is familiar with the fact that you are the one that made the skeletons, uh, sketch that has the different kinds of pain conditions. Yes. And, and, I mean, I've seen that flying all over the internet. Maybe we should put a link to it in the uh, show notes here so people can see your art if you're comfortable with still continuing to share it. I do, but I don't think I have it really posted anywhere online, like minus the MFR Insight. But that's a private group, though. I yeah. Think. So. Yeah. For any MFR therapist that's aware of this pick, it says like fascial tension is a different story for everyone. And it has four skeletons with different looking fascial restrictions on them. And they each are saying, oh, me back. Yeah. Like a with the last, yeah. <laughs> with the last one saying like, oh, and my knee too. And my knee. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny. And such a great illustration of, I think anyone can look at that and understand like, oh, all of these people, all these skeletons, their backs hurt. And their restrictions are in totally different areas. It's like, it's so good. You, just, you need to put that on a t-shirt. Uh, I should. I will. I will. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> t-shirts coming to you shortly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got you. I mean, ah. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, we'll try to figure out how to get a copy of that so people can see it. Because it's 
It's really good. I love it. <laughs> I'll just have to make like a complete separate like page on my website that's strictly maybe my little fashion art or something like that. Yeah, you should. <laughs> you should. Like this is like a hidden talent that maybe not everybody knows that you have. Yeah. Yeah. Like the newer therapists, they don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure working with you. I always look forward to talking to you and seeing how you're doing and watching your journey has been really fun. So thanks for letting me be your coach. As well. And I look forward to actually continuing our um, interactions in the future. Awesome. Sounds wonderful. All right, Rob, thanks for being on the podcast. And everybody, you guys have a great week. And I will be back with another episode next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on the MFR Coaches Podcast. Check out my book, The MFR Coaches Guide to Having Your Own Myofascial Release Business. Autographed copies are available at my website, www.themfrcoach.com. Kindle version and print also available on Amazon. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The MFR Coach for more info on today's topic. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.